back to the What's Your One More podcast. I'm joined again with one of my standing co-hosts, Mr. Alex Stewart with The Market Distillery. Thanks for being on the show as always. Of course. I feel like we got so many important topics that we have to cover here. And, you know, as as new guidelines, as new headlines, you know, for, for whatever it is, inflation, you know, uh, GDP, it doesn't matter. This is more in the, in the mortgage world. And this is where I, I like to kind of take a stand against like, consumers and really make sure they understand some of the facts that are going on out there. And, and the, the reality is we got we got people in our industry that aren't really good readers. Uh, you know, they just jump the gun and throw something out there on social media because, you know, they can, right? And at the same time, it's just not a, uh, it's not conducive for the borrowers or even for real estate agents because you start fielding kind of some calls that just make you scratch your head and like, what, where did you hear that? Right. And kind of today is a topic where we want to tackle, if you may, you know, FHA, how many times in the last 48 hours have I heard the question, hey, when are you guys going to start releasing the FHA 40-year mortgage? And um, I kind of have to chuckle and laugh when I hear that because I'm like, what in the hell are you talking about? Right. And, uh, you know, I, did I miss something? I mean, I read all the releases that come out. And, uh, you know, this is one of those topics. I mean, how many times have you seen this? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw it first on social media and it made me search it. And I think maybe I caught it late enough that when I searched it, I was able to actually see the real yeah. article. But being in the industry, we obviously knew that if something was going to get released like this, you get a heads up. It's not like yeah. it's just out. And um, I think it speaks to the, uh, you know, our, I feel like our theme of this show in a lot of good ways is getting below the headlines. Yeah. And this is a perfect example where headlines are out. The people in real estate are like sharks waiting for chum to be thrown in the water and when that it comes to good, sort of good news. news. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I think what happens is they see a headline and they knee jerk and immediately go to try to promote this and put it out there. And it's like the telephone game. Yeah. You want to be the race. You want to be the first. It's a race Correct. to be first online to put it out there as Correct. if like you created it. Right. And but the there's a lot day, to be said just right. to sit back and digest some, be a little right. knowledgeable about what you're putting out there. Right. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, let, let's talk about this. So for those listening, we'll get right to the, there is no 40 year amateurization, new mortgage for FHA, regardless of what you're reading, regardless of what your lending partner's telling you, regardless of, you know, what customers are asking you just set the record straight. There is no 40-year, you know, I, amortization for an FHA government loan, meaning we're not going to create more affordability. We're not going to allow buyers now to go buy a home on a 40-year term. Like, that is not the case, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the so. only 40-year <laughs> loan that you can get out there is going to be through uh, what's typically not a normal mortgage that people would get, and the rate on that's going to be higher, yeah, and, and it's going to have some other stuff. But what you are hearing about the FHA and where the, where the water's being clouded, if you may, is this is a modification. Meaning that if you're a current person that's holding an FHA mortgage, you start the eligibility process. Right. Outside of that, there's some other things that have to happen. But if you're a new buyer, there's no 40-year term in FHA. And if you're a real estate agent and for whatever reason your lender or the guy, or excuse me, the, the social media has come across and says there is, stop reading that. You know, I'm looking at a social media right now from a very, very popular national, you know, mortgage person. Mm -hmm. It says breaking news, lower mortgage payments. It has like lightning bolts and, you know, has all kinds of exclamation points. And it shows a 30-year mortgage versus a 40-year mortgage on 400000 450 and then the savings, monthly savings on the side. That's extremely misleading. Right. And not only that, when you go to read it, it just says, hey, lots of news articles stating FHA is going to release a 40-year mortgage term, but not a lot of details yet. Can't wait to see what this does for the purchase market. Well, I can tell you what it's not going to do for the purchase market. It's not going to happen. And that's a misleading headline. Right. And, you know, and because there's no you know regulation around a social media post such as that, it, it deems, especially with this person's clout, it deems to be real, right? right? And you see this liked, this shared, 
I mean, this had over 360 likes in less than a day, and it was shared multiple times. So that's how rumors get started, right? Sure. <laughs> that's, yep. that's the rumor biz. But if you know what a modification is, hey, you can just turn this podcast off and you know go about your day. But if you don't, we'll break it down for you and kind of share what it is. But the reality is there is no 40-year term. It's a 40-year modification plan. So if you're currently an FHA um, holder of a loan, Alex, let's mm-hmm. say you own an FHA loan, yep. and you want to get this modified— what would happen is first you would have to call your servicer, not a mortgage lender. So if your loan's being serviced by bank A, you have to call bank A and say, hey, bank A, I would like to get my loan modified to a 40-year amortization schedule for an FHA loan. Mm-hmm. And that servicer is going to look at you and say, okay, um, what's changed in your world for this to happen? Right. Because you got to think about this as a servicer, and we've talked about this numerous times, my job's to limit my risk for the investor. The last thing I want to do is stretch your mortgage out over 40 years and increase my risk. Wouldn't you agree? Right. Because I'm stretching your, your payments and your terms out over 40 years, right? Well, and it's a, it's now a totally different investment than what sort of the deal was with That's the correct. investor. So they're going to value this completely different. Yeah. And the term modification comes from modifying the original agreed note between the lender and the buyer. This is for duress. This is, I can't exactly. pay my bills. I need help. What's the first step? It's to try to go get, yeah. instead of instead of a foreclosure or short sale or anything yeah. like that, it's, can I just get some different terms on my loan so that I can pay the, pay yeah, the note, Yeah, and so right? we, when we talk about this, the whole idea is exactly that. We've talked about how the economy's having issues right now. Right. We've talked about certain markets are filling it more than others. So, I mean, if you think about an FHA loan, typically people that are putting less money down to obtain an FHA loan are usually either your first-time home buyers or people that don't have enough money saved up to put the traditional 20% down. Sure. So one of the alternatives is FHA loan. Doesn't mean you have bad credit. It doesn't mean you're under duress. It just means that you may not have the affordability to put 20% down to avoid PMI. And the cheaper alternative to that, traditionally speaking, is FHA loans. Mm-hmm. So that's the pool of people that we're talking about that have an FHA loan right now. Well, as the market starts to deteriorate, and we're starting to see some signs of that, you know, via the job reports, there's a, there's a chance that this pool feels that impact quicker than maybe someone that has more equity in the home. And that's just statistics speaking, not necessarily anything other than that, right? right. Trends show us that, and we can, we can look at the trends over the last 20 years. So what FHA is doing, just like they did in 2009, by the way, they did this in 2009, this is not new. They said, hey, in order to limit our potential risk that we see happening, we are going to offer a modification and incentivize servicers to do these modifications, which means I'm taking your current balance. Let's say you have an FHA loan that you acquired over the course of you know, last year, year before. It doesn't matter as long as it's an FHA loan. Let's say the balance today that you've paid it down is $350,000. FHA is now going to allow that servicer to take that $350,000 if you meet the modification requirements, and we'll talk about those here in a minute, and now you can re-amateurize that for 40 years out. It should significantly lower your payment. Well, especially if you've had your loan for any amount of time. Yes. The, the people that are not going to get the most benefit out of this would be the people that just bought. Yeah. Because they've still got 30 years on their loan. And now we're just adding And now 10. we're just adding 10, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But if you only had 15 years left on your loan and you had another 40 on a much lower number, that spreads it out. Even if you had 25 right. and you add 15 to it or even 27, you're taking 10 years off. So uh, on that example that I was talking about, on a $400,000 loan, that saves you $200 a month. That's a right. lot of money. That's net savings, right? right? And so some other things that you'd spoke about that could have caused this modification to be an issue is around the country is taxes on these properties have gone up. Depending right. on what state you live in, you may have seen a significant jump in your property taxes, which could cause your household to be upside down in this payment. And that's a problem. Homeowner's yep. insurance, depending yep. on where you live in America, homeowner's insurance has gone crazy 
crazy as far as sometimes two, three times multiples from what it was a year before or the year before that. So that's caused your payment to go up dramatically. So those are some things that you can make an argument for that will help on this modification side. Yep. The other argument is if you're a two-income household and you lose an income, right? Right. This could be a big help to your family. Right. Or divorce or this could help death you keep in the your family, house, right? Or, right. Because if you think about FHA, their number one goal is to keep homeowners. Sure. It's not to get rid of homeowners. Sure. Right. The Federal Housing Administration was put in place to help people buy homes with lower down payments. And in some cases, down payment assistant loans, which are always on the backbone of FHA as well. So their goal is to keep you in the house. The last thing FHA wants to do is see someone have a foreclosure of an FHA loan. Matter of fact, one of the hardest loans to foreclosure on is an FHA loan. Sure. Right? To unravel that loan because they will give you so many chances to make that right before they foreclose on it. It's not like a traditional loan where foreclosure process starts after like 60 or 90 days of delinquency. Mm -hmm. FHA will work with you on this, and it's a it's a, a testament to what type of system they've put in place there for their homeownership. Does getting a modification hurt your credit? Yeah, it could. It absolutely will. And it all depends on how the servicer reports it. Um, now, if they're just re-amateurizing it, right, and they're stretching out over four years, you're going to see a new trade line show up that says, hey, listen, loan mod modification of 40 years. That mm. doesn't necessarily hurt. It doesn't necessarily stop you from borrowing in the future. Now, if they take anything off the balance, if there's a shortfall in what you owe, that's typically going to be called a short sale, which we're not seeing hardly any of, if any at all right now, mm -hmm. because there's so many equity positions. That anytime you don't pay the full debt that you owe, that's when you start to have credit dings, right? But in this case, you're paying it back. They're just giving you additional time to do it. It's almost like forbearance a little bit, right? From oh, the standpoint of the only difference is forbearance. Yeah, that's a cutting the payment off completely, right. And just tacking it on, and then you'll pick it back up. That's later. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what that is. But in this modification process, you're literally just extending the term over the new forty years right. versus finishing the term that you're on. Right. So you know, if you pay this down and you have twenty seven years remaining, you just picked up an extra. 13 years. Right. That's what you're going to do at this point gotcha. in, in hopes of getting that mortgage payment in a more affordable stance. And I would imagine, based on what I was reading earlier, I would imagine that you're going to get the new FHA premiums. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that for our audience is that the monthly mortgage insurance premium, which many of us call PMI, but on the FHA world, it's called monthly insurance premium, same concept, has been drastically lowered, like drastically lowered mm -hmm. um, over the course of the last two months. So you're probably inherently going to get a drop in that as well, which mm -hmm. is another big win for the modification mm -hmm. side of things. So, you know, if you are a, you know, a prospective homeowner that has an FHA loan, and if you're a real estate agent that has uh, borrowers that you know that are still in those homes and and they they meet one of these qualifications we're about to talk about, it might not be a bad idea to see if it wants to help them out because, you know, it it doesn't hurt you to do that if you, as long as you meet one of the qualifications. And more than likely, this is a mod to help, not a mod to benefit. Right. That's real important. I mean, I think when you think of the term modification, it's important you understand that that modifications are to help, not to benefit. Right. Um, big difference here. So um, let's talk about modification. Life-altering circumstance change. That's typically the terminology that's used around that. And we know from the past how they identify that, right? Loss of job. Right. Loss of household income, whether yeah. it's defined through a loss of job, a divorce, um, death in the family. Right. I mean, all of these things can be proven. Um, yeah, illness. Illness. Right. Something that you can document versus going, oh, yeah, our, our income went down. Well, you've got to be able to document that, right? So if you can give a pay stub showing your incomes because you switched jobs went down, well, this is going to give you a stance to get that done. If you lost your job, obviously, and you're filing unemployment, that's going to give you a stance to get that done. Um, if you are in a divorce situation, right, if you have divorce papers, that's going to give you a stance to get that done. Now, if you're separated, that might not work. That might not work because it's harder to prove. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if – 
you're receiving child support and you're no longer receiving that anymore. That's going to be an opportunity in sure. which you can talk about that. So there's there's a lot of life altering situations you mentioned earlier: illness, sickness, something's you know unfortunate like that. You know, that's a long term disability or right. long term illness that you can document. That's gonna that's gonna give you an opportunity to talk to the servicer about getting that loan modified. Yep. But what I really want to stress home here is that this has nothing to do with Charlie, our producer, wanting to buy a home mm -hmm. and going to a lender and saying, I can't wait to get my hands on this 40-year because that's not what this is. Do you think that would happen in the future, though? Well, I mean, it's happened once already in 2000, I think 2006. We saw the 40-year AMs come to the table from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac from the agencies. That was a popular trend. Um, they do bump the rate a little bit, That, but that was there. That was there. And I don't think that was there necessarily to stretch the affordability as much as it was to uh, kind of... Well, I guess it was there to help the affordability. Anyway, what else would it be there for? Yeah, right? I guess what it would be there for. But I was kind of thinking uh, something completely different there. But I guess that's exactly why it was there because home prices rose so quickly, so much in mm -hmm. 05 that the 40-year term was one of the only ways you could get the DTI down to get those Fannie Mae approvals or those automated approvals through the system, right? Yeah. Um, it's, not that the, it's not that the borrower couldn't necessarily um, afford it because you had to prove your income on those types of loans. It's just trying to get that DTI down to where Fannie Mae could go ahead and run through the automated system. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. And the team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family and I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com, www.boemortgage.com, because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. Yeah, it is interesting just looking up some generic numbers about 40-year versus 30-year mm -hmm. because I think the general assumption is a 40-year is going to be drastically cheaper than a 30-year. And the hard part is at the same interest rate, you're typically only talking about 100 maybe $200, depending yeah. on the price point. Uh, so it's not necessarily a total, I'm going to take a $1,200 payment and make it an $800 payment or a $2,000 payment and make it a $1,600 payment necessarily. Uh, but the interest that you pay is about 30% more. So yes. it is There's a, bump in rate a for it. huge yeah. cost. And why would there be a bump in rate? But well, because now it's a riskier thing. Yeah, of it, course. It's it's one of those things where there's more things that could go on during that time frame. We're making an it's agreement take for much you longer. longer to get your money back. All those things. Yeah, we're making an agreement for much longer circumstance than what we had agreed to do prior to. So exactly. you're going to see, okay, that makes sense. Yep. You know, you're going to put this out there. I'm going to I'm going to extend a longer term loan. I'm going to get paid a little bit more interest risk. Are there any other products that existed before 08 that you think could come back out? Yeah, Outside you know, that's a great question. I was actually looking that up on the phone. Here's what I was doing when you were talking there. But yeah, there is. And, and as I get into that, one thing I want to make a point about that I think I'm, I, I forgot there in our argument earlier, argument, discussion, is that FHA's default rate. Now, default right. doesn't mean foreclosure. But FHA is just means you're behind in payments. It right? means you're behind in payments, right? And when I talked about FHA being able to see the data, that's what I was referring to. Their default rate has jumped 
significantly, Mm -hmm. meaning that they have people behind 30 days or more late on their mortgage payment to double digits. So it's over 10%. Out of all the loans in the United States, no one's even close to that. VA, USDA, um, conventional, not even close. QMs, not even close, but FHA is. And that's because traditionally speaking, Trends show as we get closer to a recession, the FHA loan feels the impact before other loans. Yep. And so as a basically a, a stop loss or as an, an, an injection of help into the system, FHA has said, hey, time out. We've, we've seen this in the past and we're going to be aggressive on the move here and we're going to allow for the 40-year modification now because we believe we can save a lot of these payments that are 30 days late coming back if we can just get that out there. Oh, no, by the way, if you're if you're late on a payment, part of the modification is to kind of get rid of that lateness. Sure. That's part of it, right? So that helps out dramatically as well. So I think this is a very smart move. It's a proactive move by FHA, um, which is something that they've always been very aggressive in doing, and we're starting to see it do again. Um, It just kind of gets underneath my skin when it's promoted as something that it's not. And we have uh, loose lips originators running around just posting and going that that are, are cloudy and the, the water or something that just doesn't need to be there. Yeah. And so we spend a portion of our day, you know, educating people on something that, that someone just took the time to read would have really made a difference here. Yeah. Black Knight puts out a, um, a report that goes over delinquencies and things like that. So just for reference, uh, our current delinquency rate in America is 3.45% on mortgages, right? Which, by the way, is is relatively in line with a national trend. Well, so it, it's a smidge off a record low. And the if they go back and say, what was the 2000 to 2005 average? That was four yep. and a half. So we're about a percent below on delinquency. So from, from this standpoint, there's no issue with delinquency overall. But then when you go in and like you were speaking about and look at the different types of loans, FHA is sitting at around 10% delinquent. Yeah, it's double digits. It's, it's significant. Correct. So so the delinquency rate is all in FHA correct. compared to VA, compared to conventional, and um, even compared to, you know, a, a jumbo loan. Well, um, and, and the reason I want to speak to that is, you know, from a military standpoint, um, when you look at VAs, they're typically 100%, right? Sure. But military people are typically very militant. Yep. They are used to following rules. Well, and they get guaranteed income. They get That's guaranteed the other thing. Income, they're not getting laid off. Exactly. And they're they're told, even by their COs, make your mortgage payment. Like, right. it's literally an order of command inside the military, right? Right. And so they do it. And you look at conventional loans. For the most part, you're going to have some equity positions in there, much much more than, than you know, 3%, right? And then when you take a look at the jumbo, it's a minimum 15%, right? So when you look at the delinquency rate, all of those people, quote unquote, have skin in the game from a conventional jumbo standpoint. And then we just discussed military consistent income and then also command orders to make that. But when you look at FHA, less skin in the game. And that's usually typically the homes that you see have a higher delinquency rate. Again, delinquency doesn't mean foreclosure. I want to stress that. Yeah. I think uh, I get the equity argument. I think though it is that type of borrower does typically have a lower credit score. That type of borrower does typically have a higher debt to income ratio. And so- To me, rather than the equity being the point, those are the two that I go to to say that's probably the big why is there delinquency? Yeah, the well, they probably had to issues. begin with, right, 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 right. right. If you're looking, now, at, that's if you're, not if I you're think, using that that balloon right. analogy, right? right? Balloon. This isn't a balloon that's comfortably filled. This is a balloon that is stretched to capacity, right. which is typically why it got an FHA loan to begin with. It's there's all the air has been pumped into this thing. Now we will see. In if I had to project out, I do think we will see a difference in this because now when you have someone with good credit and a good job. Mm-hmm. 
and you price out and say, what's your rate for FHA? What's your rate for conventional? Correct. What's your monthly payment for, for conventional? What's your monthly payment for FHA? And we're talking 3% versus 3.5% down payment. So these are very similar loans. Yeah. The numbers right now are are significantly better FHA. So there are plenty of people choosing to get an FHA loan that's correct. because it's a better financial position. Well, that just recently but that's, happened. That's, uh, that's very recent in the last correct. nine days. Two critical things happened there. One, the rate change has happened. Right. We've seen conventional rates go up drastically. FHA, not as drastically. More favorable rate. And then Number two is that MIP and the right. monthly payment, which is also, you know, people call it PMI, but the monthly insurance premium has been cut drastically, right. and that's been the win here. So to your point, we're starting to see more borrowers that it could put the 20 per, excuse me, could put 5% down or saying, mm -hmm. wait a minute, I've got higher credit score. I make good income, but it's actually cheaper. And my payment's cheaper to do this through FHA. This also happened in 2009, 2010, Alex, exact same thing. What did FHA do? They reduced the premium. They've, they're following a playbook. They did the same thing in 2009. So what, what happened after that? I want to know the next chapter and, oh, of the story. Oh, uh, next chapter of the story is that FHA literally filled up their entire premium. And, you know, that premium they're collecting is a default insurance premium, right? And as they fill that to capacity, all of a sudden it's, wait, we need to detour FHA business. We don't need this much anymore. The, you know, some of these buyers, as we run the, the algorithms, we start mm -hmm. discovering lower DTIs, mm -hmm. great credit, basically are, are, you know, people that normally wouldn't jump right into that FHA loan or do it because we've incentivized them to do it. Right. So now they decentivize them by doing, by raising that premium back up. And so FHA is, is, uh, you know, FHA is used for, creating that American dream, if you may, for a homeowner to be a homeowner um, at, at all angles, right? But what they don't want to do is make it a center to where you're getting, you know, a uh, you qualify for another loan, but you're choosing this one because we've made it so great. And so our pool starts to become a little too filled and we've got to start to turn the spigot off here because we don't need all that business coming through here. Do you think Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac would get more aggressive yeah. and, and help? So rather than make FHA more expensive, do you think Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac would make their product less expensive to compete? Well, what they'll do is they'll start pulling back on some of these LLPAs. They put out these loan level price adjustments. That's one. And then two, they might make it more attractive for that investor slash second home to come back into the market that they've kind of pushed out. Okay. So loan stuff. level price, that's like if you have a, a debt to income ratio that's higher on average, your rate is actually going to be that's higher because of that. Hey, why do you think Fannie pulled it back? It initially was supposed to take place in March, and Fannie oh, okay. Mae and Freddie Mac pulled it back. It's not ironic. They pulled it back right the same time that two things happened. Number one, FHA made the announcement to reduce the PMI or the MIP, mm -hmm. which they did. And number two, rates jumped when that announcement came out. And as rates jumped, as we know, started beginning of March or around 673. By the end of the March, they were at 623 or 632. Well, FHA was still a lot lower than that. Mm -hmm. And so this is not ironic. So Fannie, yeah, yeah, it's exactly what they're doing. So okay, and cool. so they push that back to August. They're gonna they're gonna punt and see what happens between now and August. And they may not even bring it back out. You just you do you just don't know what that's gonna look like. I'm sure there's other reasons, but from the observation deck, that's the first thing I see. Yep. On that. So the other thing you said was, hey, what other things were available in 08, 09, 06, 07 that you could see coming back? You know, what's interesting about the agencies is they have a slew of products sitting on the wall. Like if I'm looking behind you here, there's a wall with shelves on it, right? Mm -hmm. Each one of those books, each one of those you know, vases or pots, that's a product, right? And Fannie has a, a slew of those. And some of the ones that we saw that were really popular um, that did help with affordability as interest rates got into the mid sixes, upper sixes during that 05, 06 era 
was a, uh, a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac interest only product. Mm-hmm. Now, for a lot of people, when they hear interest only, like, oh, God, it's awful. It's a I, I still owe product, right? The mm-hmm. ISO, I still oh, okay, owe. Cool. Um, but, and the reason it's ISO is because you're making an interest only payment. You're not making a principal payment. So your balance is never going down, right? But your but payment's less. Your payment's less. But the way Fannie and Freddie did it was they did it from a responsibility factor of saying, hey, listen, we're going to offer you a 10 year interest only, mm-hmm. 20 year fully amortized loan, meaning for the first 10 years, you have the choice to make interest-only payment. You can pay down the principal as much as you want. Most people didn't. But if you did, you're paying it down. And then at that 20-year term, it's a full AM on that interest rate. Remains the same the entire time, but a full 20-year AM. They also had a 1030, that one with that 40-year AM we were mm-hmm. talking about. They also had a 1515. So they had a lot of different product options sitting on that shelf to help create affordability. I think Fannie's saying, hey, listen, we don't want to. We don't want to roll those out again in fear that two things would happen. We're already at some of the highest levels of real estate we've already seen. Yeah. Do we want to? Do we want to add more pressure to the market because we know it's going to happen? If they roll that product out, sellers are going to go. Ooh, buyers are going to go. Ah, and they're going to jump in and buy. Prices are going to go up, right? If we naturally let the rates come back down, that's going to happen anyways, but that will be on a on a more natural basis mm-hmm. than accelerating it. Mm-hmm. And I think Fannie and Freddie are super smart, FHFA smart, that's the agency that controls us, sitting back and saying, hey, listen, now's not the time for this product. Mm-hmm. I do sense had rates got in the sevens and maintained a seven and a half and got even higher to stimulate the housing market. I fully anticipated those products coming out. We may still see them, but in a market where we are right now, I don't see those coming out. But they are available, and they can make their way back. And you ask, how do they make their way back? Well, there has to be a buyer for those loans, right? There has to be mm-hmm. an appetite for those loans. And you know, with rates being the way they are right now, there's not a there's not a secondary market that's ready to buy those loans at this current you know, position you. that we're in. It's you. not so much about Fannie releasing the product as much as it is a buyer for the product, and that's real important. Uh, that gets mis misconstrued uh, a lot, but that's really how that. And is a buyer for the product typically another bank or who, who buys these? I, well, mean, I would have thought Fannie market. Mae well, you was be able, the buyer. Well, you got to have a pool, right? You got to be able to put them in mortgage-backed securities and go securitize them on the second market, secondary market. So, you know, the investor is wide range. I mean, you know, you buy a hedge fund for your 401k. That hedge fund has mortgage-backed securities sitting in there. You yeah. just don't see them, but they're buying mortgage-backed securities. So there has to be buyers from all all ranges on there um, to buy those and bid up those loans. And if you're not going to bid up that product because it's too risky or you mm-hmm. don't see the valuation in it, it's it's not worth even putting out there. Yeah, the one thing I do see when we sort of look at this conversation, take a step back, that is really important for home buyers, home sellers, realtors, everybody in real estate. There is a whole lot put in place to protect home values mm. and to keep them from just plummeting, That's a great right? Point. Yeah. Um, and and I heard heard this term, uh, you know, it has an upward bias. This is what that means is home prices. If anyone ever says, "Hey, home prices always go up," that's not true. We know right. that always is a nevers or never a good yeah. phrase, but it has a tendency to always go up, and that's because there's a whole lot built on values of home staying positive, of increasing over time so that you have equity, so that when you go to sell, you're not having credit issues. Uh, it is a huge form of our GDP, right? right? All the economies related to building houses and maintaining houses and selling houses. So it, if I'm a buyer or a seller and I'm hearing this, it, and I'm just concerned about house prices falling off a cliff, this tells me though, look, it's not very likely, you know, there's, there's a, just like in the stock market, there's a plunge protection team that, right. that is going to keep right. things from getting too That's bad. Exactly right. There's the stop alert. They have a lot of, of tools that they will put out there. Sure. And 
ultimately, some of these tools have already made it out there and are going to continue to keep right. things going in an upward direction. Yeah. So. No, 100%. I couldn't agree more. And, and that's such an important takeaway here is that real estate today, I would argue, is safer than real estate 15, 16, 17 years ago. And it's not even close. And the reason for that are these stop losses. The reason for that are the actual mechanics that are put in place on the lending side to verify everyone's information yep. to the point to where it's not like, hey, there's this group that are falsely buying these homes inflated, and that's what's going to damage the market. And then there's this group that's having to have everything verified, and they're there protecting the market. It's everyone's being checks and balanced to protect sure. the market, which protects our values, right? So the really the, the threat to real estate right now is two things. Number one is obviously interest rates. I mean, we can't ignore that. If interest rates jump to 8%, there will be a threat to real estate. Mm -hmm. And that's because affordability will go beyond what people can afford. Mm -hmm. That's just what, that, that's a fact. Um, and the other threat is lack of inventory. Right. Uh, I think you used the term the other day when we were kind of texting on some stuff. Inventory is throttling the market right Correct. now. And I think that that, I think that was an excellent way of putting it um, because that is a challenge. Because as inventory goes down and it doesn't get backfilled, it's throttling the price points up. But as more inventory comes back onto the market, it's going to shift from a seller's market into a buyer's market and prices traditionally stabilize, might even go backwards just a little until that appetite is fulfilled, Correct. right? But our projection is that appetite is not going to be fulfilled probably for another three, four years based on the build rate and based on the rate right. of which uh, inventory is being supplied. And the third thing that I probably should mention too is that there are owners of homes, such as the, all three of us sitting in this podcast room right now, that refinanced or bought a home between the years of 2020 and late, late 2021, even early 22, that are sitting somewhere with a mortgage with a two-handle or a three-handle mm -hmm. or maybe a four. And those individuals are very uh, slow to make the jump right now. Sure. And they're slow to list because if they're going to buy, they need to find a home that is better than what they currently have mm -hmm. and come with an interest rate and a payment that's better than what they currently have. And sure. that's going to be hard fulfilled. And that too is throttling the inventory. Absolutely. So um, thank you for being on the show today. Of always course. get a chance to uh, sit down with you. It's always great. Learn so much. Mm -hmm. the, the bulk of this today, though, is to kind of just debunk this FHA right. situation. We got a lot of real estate agents that listen to this and we've got a lot of uh, customers that listen to it as well. So we wanted to make sure that everyone knew that that was not an availability. And if you do want to take advantage of it, what the criteria is you had to sure. match. And so appreciate that. Always appreciate your outlook on the market and yep. insight on that as well. Alex, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having for me. For our listeners that want to learn more about Market Distillery, go ahead and tell them how to find out. Sure. Marketdistillery.com or on Instagram at the Market Distillery, best place to get to me. Yeah. Love the stuff you guys are putting out there. Thanks for letting us be a part of it. Guys, if you like this show, you like what you're hearing, leave us some comments. We always love to kind of take those on during the show. Five-star review, write a comment specifically about this podcast you're listening to. Also, check us out on Spotify recently. They started releasing all the video with the podcast mm -hmm. with interactive polls and questions. Uh, they, they've really stepped their game up over the course of the last three weeks. Uh, it's pretty special what they're doing over there. And then check us out on YouTube and subscribe to our channel as well. Thanks again for tuning in. Alex, as always, thanks for being on the show, brother. Take care. All right. Got one more shot, I'm gonna make it One more chance, I'm gonna take it I meant it when I said it, now it's time for me to do it I got one life to live, so I put all into it, yeah